0: Hello, world. This is TJ Morris, and you're listening to ET Radio. We have the ACO journalist Dave Emmons joining us today. I see he's calling it right now, but let me get you introduced to our alien contact organization as ACO members of our American Communications Online company that is sponsoring today because I'm going to transfer all my assets <laughs> over to my company, which is going to include my friends. So this is exciting. And uh, I have asked uh, my longtime friend, it's going to be eight years with Janet Carol Lesson for us marketing and promoting the Ascension Center, our Ohana family. And so Janet Carol Lesson is here, as, as well as my dog. Shh. Hush, Coco. <laughs> so I uh, hope you guys are dog lovers. I'll have to go open my door. I have my granddaughter mentioned here with me, and apparently she is doing something. Hush, Coco. Great. Now I'm all plugged up. <laughs> With my headset and everything. And hold hold on. And then, uh, Mad, why don't you introduce yourself while
1: I'm finagling? Can you introduce yourself? Well, I'm, I'm a mad painter. I'm a radio host and very inquisitive, inquisitive person. I'm just interested in all this stuff to do with aliens, and hopefully we can get some disclosure going on here. Uh, who knows what we might find out? We might learn a few things about ourselves in the process.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're trying to trying to do that. We have a good outlook. Okay, folks. Now, he is now helping me with my Amiga, my Ace Metaphysical Institute Graphic Association, which is falling under my company as well. It's a different division. And Janet and I are going to get back into our artistic mode, but he's been in it. He's an artist and an author and a radio host. And he's been managing for us almost seven years now. We're going to recognize him as our station manager and uh whether he doesn't matter where he's broadcasting but he he broadcasts for several friends he's been with uh, uh mike ringley out of kentucky where i used to live and that's where i started so we still have a lot of people in kentucky listening to us not to mention australian around the world and uh, janet's been running our nonprofit in maui hawaii and then. Uh, Her husband under anthropology for our Ace Folklife Society. And I'm uh, trying to combine our nonprofits as far as our radio shows. So we're going to try to pull them in under the ACO acronym, which includes today's program, Alien Contact Organization, by Tom Becker, which is also known as a mad painter, Janet Carolesson of Maui, Hawaii, Tom's of Georgia, and I'm in Florida. So, uh, Janet, do you want to say anything before we bring our guest on for the Alien Contact Organization Journalism Department? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do more than journalism.
2: But, um, yeah, well, this is, um, I'm Janet Karamasa, and I'm calling in from Maui, Hawaii. I've been working with TJ, oh, off and on since 1993, 94. We knew each other back in Oahu when we were both, living over there in the early 90s, and then we went to a different part of the world, and now we're back. Um, We were broadcasting since 2012, June of 2012. Yeah. What
0: were you saying, TJ? I said we were BFFs as of June 3rd, 2012, and we didn't even know it. We just had people bring us back together. I know for sure in 2007, because that's when... uh, the guy took my picture, and he was the direct state director for MUFON. So MUFON brought oh. us back together. His name was Earl Benezet, and his XO, our assistant state, was Barry Gaunt, G-A-U-N-T, Barry Gaunt. And uh, Barry has one of our Ascension Center books. I've got the uh, original book here, Ascension Ancient Mystery School, the Foundation of Self-Improvement and Well-Being. And that is for emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. And I used to teach classes, psychic awakening classes. And we did train people in the Your Spiritual Center, Spiritual World Network. And then we had a group for Stargate. And I I lived through it, so it's not that interesting to me. But I still have all my classes. And uh, since a lot of my old students are coming back in the Ascension uh, realm for lightworkers and truth seekers, I've been thinking about Taking my metaphysical group back on board and having a meetup group. And Janet had the Stargate to the Cosmos uh, event in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we'll be talking with an associate of ours for the Allied Command Organization. And Amad has stepped up as a director for that with Ken R. Johnston so we can set up a uh, more of a uh, chain of command so we can work this company. As a 50% profit, and 50% non profit, not that you guys care, but uh, it's just that our everything's going up. It's gotten very expensive. I just got told I was going to spend a few thousand before I came on. I was like choking, going, <clears throat> really? So thousands now. Just the right time is social media, and uh, I guess we're going to have to do membership driven. <laughs> so that's why Dave's going to come on today. He has a degree in journalism. And he likes to talk as an alien contact explorer or researcher. So what he's going to be doing is talking to us and training us in his belief in going because he is a kindred spirit. He is also like Janet and I as far as out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences as well as a CE5 or at least a contactee but uh, Janet has interviewed him, and I haven't. He came on one day and, and said that uh, he would like to share a little bit. But, Mad, do you remember Dave or anything about him? Because I'm fixing to put him on the air here. Do you remember Dave? Were you here when he dropped no, by? No,
1: ma'am. No, you I were. wasn't.
0: Okay. Well, you handle all our Ascension Center believers, and Thomas Becker, if you go to his Facebook, it's a mad painter. But he has on there. He is with the ACO, and he's been helping us get us an acronym going here in our graphic design department. We're real excited about that because uh, we'll be able to use it in our fandom for our allied... Oh, shoot, I get all these ACOs mixed up. Not just Alien Contact Org tonight is ACO, which Ahmed has gracefully helped us with today, but uh, also tomorrow night we're doing Allied Command Organization. (laughs) So uh, you get it that there are acronyms for my company, ACO, and I've had a brand for years that I got through the federal government and the DNB or Dun & Bradstreet number. So to let you know, we're all really official here in 2019, getting organized. So without further ado, let's bring on our guest, Mr. Dave Emmons. Was that with an S, Dave? Is it Emmons with an S?
3: Yes, it's Emmons with an S on the end of it, E-M-M-O-N-S, yes.
0: Great. Thank you, okay. Dave. Well, speak. do your radio voice and speak loud and I'm going to tie Janet into Ahmed so Ahmed can track you and make sure we got a good sound. He's our uh, radio station manager. So, uh, Ahmed, say hi to Dave. Let's get you all uh, talking together. Howdy. It's a
1: pleasure to meet you, and you sound great.
0: Yeah,
3: well, thank you. Uh, Matt, nice meeting you.
0: And
1: Janet, you want to
2: say hi? Hi, Dave. Good to see you again.
3: Yeah, you're going you're, you're, you're to be bored hearing my stories again. I don't call them <laughs> stories; I call them experiences.
2: <laughs> Every time somebody tells their story, there's always some um, uh, more detail. It's, got, you, it's like the more you tell it, the more you remember, and it starts to spark. And a new, your story will spark our listeners' stories, and will spark mine and TJ and Tom's stories. So it's an interesting process.
0: We're going to enjoy it here. And if if others would like to join, Dave, uh, he has a company in Illinois, but he can tell us what he does for a living, but he he has a degree in journalism, so he's going to help us edit our Alien Contact Researcher's Journal, and we'd like you to go there to aliencon.org. Please help us, because I'm spending a lot of money to get it back up here. We've had it uh, purged over to a new server for the last 48 hours, so I was panicking because I wanted to get it up before he came on but we've got to go in and put pictures and things a lot of work to do so hopefully I'm going to get him to help me out here but if not it's something I can do and that's we love our writers and our graphic artists and the is helping us and so we're doing the speech today so Dave if you don't mind yes. tell us how you got into journalism and then we'll ask you how you got into alien contact but Give us a little 3-D history, you know, when you were a little boy and when you wrote your first book or your first debt and then how you got into radio. Give us some 3D stuff okay, yeah, I, my contact. first
3: uh, <laughs> contact with any uh, UFO, uh, I, I guess, uh, experiences was when I was 14 years of age and my best friend and I saw a UFO up close who was only 60, 70 feet up uh, away from us. And we could make out every detail in it. Of course, it was dark. It was about 10:30 at night, but we made out the bottom that uh, seemed like it came through the clouds, in which it smelled like sulfur. But we, we know that that's ozone now. That it burned through. I guess it was hot when it come in, uh, and which was uh, you know a little different than most ships that you that you hear about. It, it might have been one of their Model T models. I don't know, but it 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 looked a, you know it it looked like a bubbly fat top that kids uh, play with, and I was afraid that there's going to be aliens looking out the windows, Uh, and it had quite a few windows uh, around the second decking. It's about 30, 35 feet wide and probably 12, 15 feet tall, and uh, we had a good look at it, and we was afraid that what was going to happen next, and we really don't know what happened next because uh, we had some missing time for about an hour, an hour and a half, and we still can't figure that out. Uh, it wasn't until about a month or so later until I dug out a uh, I guess you could call it a small Advil pill or a small miniature M&M looking thing that was in my testicles and there was a hole there so I was able to get it back out the hole that whoever put it in there, they cut a little slit and it was still red and I pushed it back out and put it in my hand and as soon as I put it in my hand it went from a an ash tan color and it started getting brown I showed it to my mom and she says throw that old thing away she said that's probably just a, a black hat I said no it's not uh, it, there was a hole cut there uh, somebody put it there or something I even at that age I was 14 I even knew that something just wasn't right but I didn't go any further than that because we didn't have computers back then I I was only 14 so I just I just went back outside and played with my friends but uh, that was the first contact. Getting into journalism, uh, how I got into journalism is uh, through music. i played music about 45 years. I was an MC. I've done a lot of speaking to people uh, over the microphone. I also done some a comedy, so I, I got I got used to using the microphone. And I had I had a voice that people said, "Okay, we can hear you through all this clatter uh, out here in the, in the audience." I you know I talked to maybe a thousand people at a time. At some of our bigger dances, and and so I thought, well, why don't I go to uh, you know to radio or journalism? So I did. I started a, a community college, in which is not listed on my bio. I graduated from a community college, and uh, it was my liberal arts. And then I went to Broadcast Center, in which they're an elite broadcast school. They they teach radio and TV journalism, uh, and marketing. And then I went to Lindenwood College in St. Charles, Missouri. And so I've, and I've, I've done radio, I've done the commercials and uh, things of that nature. I didn't work in it very long because there wasn't any money in it, especially from the bottom up. You had to make a big name for yourself so you can bring in more, uh, I guess, larger commercial accounts. So that's how I got on the journalist. But uh, being involved in UFOs started when I was 14, and it seemed to pick up some steam in 2009 in through, uh, I guess, 2015. I uh, had a lot of things happen during that period. Uh, before then, I had a few things happen, and I had to make a, a record of that. I've got a 250-plus page ledger that I made a lot of notes, of a lot of strange things. I made the notes of the smaller items to see if they would fit into the time frame of the larger events that would happen. So I, I do have all those records, and I read through them the other day. And I found I found a few keywords that I like. I think like Janet said about the details, and I'm starting to get more, I guess, into the details. I think that's what people sometimes want to hear. Uh, I'm also getting involved in more in how I felt, how your how your emotional, uh, how how you felt emotionally, and then how you felt physically. I think those are really signs of something occurring. That it's not, not within the, the, the normal limits. Uh, so I start, I'm start i starting to talk about that quite a bit. Uh, actually, with the, the Pentagon and the Navy coming out with disclosure, it's going to get rid of our, I guess, what they call uh, the first stage of contact, uh, and then we're going to have to go to the second and third and fourth uh, st- stage of contact, but they have those, those numbers uh, because Actually, with the Pentagon and uh, the government admitting to UFOs, I guess the UFO uh, accounts or what people see uh, will be everyday thing uh, as soon as everybody starts believing through the government. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that's how I feel about it. The, uh, you know, the first kind, second kind, third kind, fourth kind, the first kind will almost be eliminated after disclosure is fully open.
2: So, um... Dave, so you're saying that they, something came out locally or nationally on the, in the paper. Can you elaborate on that and get any feedback?
3: Uh, maybe you yes. Uh, if, you, if you watch Fox News and CNN, they actually have programs of people talking about the Pentagon and, and also about uh, Navy pilots coming out and talking about uh, UFO sightings. Uh, There has been, and it's been on the Internet, on the news articles. I read the Internet news articles. I don't get newspapers, but I watch the news, and I watch for the news on the Internet. And the Navy said that they're seeing uh, unusual sightings almost daily on the East Coast uh, when they fly out and do, uh, you know, training missions or whatever. But they see these uh, UFOs almost on a daily basis. So that's a lot more than what we've ever expected it's getting more numerous right now so we don't know what's building something is changing uh there's more sightings from uh, i guess the military and that makes it uh i guess true uh the pentagon has released some papers on it so it, it just and fox news like i said uh there's certain shows that uh, talk about uh, the ufo uh thing and it's almost weekly they're talking about it so this is a big change than what's been going on the past few years it's it's really getting out there. And that's why I'm saying that if they open up with their disclosure, the Pentagon and the government and military, and if they open up with their disclosure, then that's going to do away uh, with our, our uh, experiences of the first kind. That's seeing a UFO or something that might be a UFO. Uh, they, so we'll have to go to the second kind to deliver more news about the UFO. That means we're going to have to start getting involved in seeing the craft seeing the details of the craft and then also getting getting a chance maybe to have a contact with an ET uh... in order for it to go to the third and fourth kind So, i think that's where we're going to be pretty soon so we'll keep moving up the uh... the level until maybe a a a flying saucer lands in the washington front yard there and the the president comes out and meets aliens then that'll be it you know that that'll that'll blow even the fourth kind Uh, I guess us experiencers have to hurry up and get our our information out before the government discloses everything. We're going to be old hats.
2: That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do the next level of existence. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you have any links to those articles, I'd like to put them up on the show page. I'll look for them in a little bit uh, here. I'm just uh, fine-tuning the page for today. Um, TJ, do you want to go round robin with us asking uh, Dave questions, or Dave, you want to continue your story a little bit more, flesh it out? Well,
3: well, I can I can continue, and I'll mention my sightings uh, briefly, and then I'll go more into the after details. Uh, okay. The, the second sighting uh, I had uh, was one that was come across the highway as I was going south. And something told me to go to Springfield that night. Uh, they talk about uh, abductees. Uh, sometimes they're they're told to do something, or they're they're directed to go somewhere or do something. So uh, I was directed to go up to Springfield to see a friend of mine playing music. Of course, being a musician, I, I I liked the music anyway. So, but I felt weird that whole evening, like something was, like I was uh, kind of dumbed down partially. And then when I left. I left about 11 o'clock that night in, uh, in Springfield. And I was getting in my car, and I saw this uh, blonde-headed uh, young lady getting in their car and getting into her console and looking up at me as I was leaving. And, and uh, that, I found that kind of strange. But then after that, there was a lot of stoplights in Springfield, Illinois, and it seemed like I was going through those stoplights real fast. Uh, I, my memory or something was just, I guess, taken over by something. And I was driving fine. I mean, uh, not reckless. Uh, but then, when I got on the highway, heading south on Highway 55, uh, I noticed a bright light to my left, uh, coming up on the other side of the, of the interstate. And I thought it was a, a helicopter or something. But when it got up to me, it turned right over my car, and I saw up under it, and it looked like a pie shape. It had little pie cuts, like, and it looked like it was glass, uh, like. I guess uh, you could call it fuzzy glass, and there's lights uh, emanating from the bottom. And then in the center was a dark, round circle. This craft was probably about 25, 30 feet wide, and I couldn't tell how high it was because I just saw the, the bottom come over me. But then I, I got home about 30 minutes faster than when I should have. Uh, I think there was something to do. They were dealing with time or something. I, I don't know. I, Somebody asked me the other day a question about, do I believe in time travel? The only time travel I can believe in is, is when they take me forward in time, they'll give me a vivid dream. And, and every time I have a real vivid dream, it comes true. Uh, they're showing me what's going to happen in the future. And, and I've had several of those dreams. One dream was the, one, the plant foods. I worked at a refinery as a supervisor there for a while and for 12 years and I and I saw this uh, other craft that looked like a glider and it looked stainless steel it had sharp wings and it had just one tail uh, rudder. one I, I guess uh, alien, alien, I don't know what they call them I forget my aeronautical uh, parts but it, it didn't have the, the typical uh, wings in the back and there was no cockpit no sound it was floating real easy. And it was flying over restricted airspace because any refinery, you cannot fly over to refineries. That's a restricted airspace. So when this this thing passed me, I was up on the on the decking tower of about like, 15, I guess, stories up, 150 feet. Uh, and I saw this thing. I kept watching it. I called the guys in the control room. I said, hey, guys, there's something up here really interesting here. Take a look at it. And then they just laughed at me. So there goes Dave with that UFO stuff with so this thing flew past me, and then it just turned and it went south, real easy. And the next night, I, it gave me a dream. It told me that the plant was going to close, and it showed me walking through the plant. I was inspecting all the machinery, and it was all quiet. And I went in the control room, and all the lights were out. And I thought, Wow, this is this plant is shut down. So they were pumping millions of dollars in the plant to kind of renovate it. And the guys told me I was crazy when I told them the dream. The dream. They said I was crazy. Well, I'd say seven to eight months or nine months later, somewhere in there, the plant did close. And so it was kind of like deja vu when I walked in to get my stuff out of my locker.
4: It was, it was kind
3: of weird. I think what they do when you when you run into uh, UFOs, they, they download things to you. They also they uh, they know all about you. They they track your Especially if you have a, an implant, in which I, I've had a couple of them. I might even have one or two in me now. I'm not sure, but I was able to dig out two of them. One in my leg, my left leg, back in 2011 or 2012. Some, one of them, was, was I got noticed. That was, they seem to be able to follow you anyway. The DNA sequence, uh, I guess we emit some kind of a frequency that they can pick up on. Them. Uh, I also heard that when hybrids, these are humanoids that are uh, either they call them shapeshifters or whatever, uh, but I, I call them uh, uh, genetically designed uh, alien. My ran into one of them, but uh, they can actually tell. They can walk up. They can walk up around a crowd and they can tell the different glows that we have. In which, if they're going to be interested, they read your their frequency to if they would be interested in talking to you or if you're what, what kind of a person you are.
4: Uh, I had a
3: guy come, he was in the Air Force out in, the, in New Mexico. And he told me that he was at this nightclub and this, this gal was very attractive and he was with two other buddies from uh, the Air Force. And he was actually working a uh, top secret uh, work there in uh, the Air Force Base. And he said gal, uh, I'll meet you later. This year, what is where are you staying? What, he was in a motel then because he was in town, just for a military meeting. And this gal says, "Well, I'll, I'll meet you." And he goes, "Yes, sure,"
4: because
3: he, he didn't figure himself as a real attractive guy, but he, he figured her. Uh, he said she was really gorgeous, and so he said. Oh, two hours later, he got in his room and wanted to go to sleep. He heard a knock on the door, and it was her. And uh, he said, "Oh my God!" You know, she come and she spent about two hours. But she quickly went to the bed to mate and then he said, "It's it happened fast, and that, and she got up and she he was gone and he never saw her again. So I, I think she was just I guess trying to multiply, uh, which you may call it. But that I didn't have that with the hybrid it was that I ran to Savannah. So uh, uh, any any problems?
0: Uh Uh-oh, she's not on mute. (laughs) She what? Janet, can you go on mute? Well, here, I'll mute her. She must be away, but her stepped away. Sorry for that, Dave. That was Janet's phone. Okay. Um, Matt, are you still here?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm here.
3: <laughs> okay. I, well I kinda got the feeling that maybe I should stop here. I mean uh, I guess people are leaving the the office there. Uh, uh no, but it's uh I can you know, I can tell you from No, uh, I'm
2: here. I'm here. I I okay. thought I was on mute. Am I on okay. mute or am I you can hear? Well, your phone okay.
0: started, well you could hear your phone, My phone. and
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I was talking to okay, you and I'll you were near this other
2: setting. Well, I couldn't because the phone had taken over my phone. <laughs> the phone had taken over my phone. I couldn't answer. Okay. i gonna try this other. This is mute with the other way. So I'm going to be muted for a while until it's my turn. So, okay. I'm listening. So. Bye. I'm
0: going to be muted. Okay.
2: <laughs> so, okay. We apologize,
0: okay. Dave. That was just her phone. But, you know, I don't want to tell you how many I've got. I'm embarrassed because... <laughs> You know, it okay. takes a lot to help people these days, and more than one anyway. Plus, we got a mad with all our Skype calls around the world. But, uh, you know, right. I will tell you while we had this little, little uh, phone bell from Hawaii, because we love it. But uh, thank you, everybody in Australia and the Emirates and uh, Japan and Canada. And, you know, we appreciate all you guys. Apparently, we're on a good topic tonight with Dave Emmons. E-M-M-O-N-S, and Dave, uh, we're going to have him help us uh, at least maybe uh, help report all the stuff he's talking about maybe. Uh, Dave, could you get in as a contributing editor on uh, AlienContact.org, yes or no? Yeah.
3: yeah, I will be looking at that and seeing how much in-depth of work that will be. Uh, I'm doing, I guess, quite a few interviews. I'm doing one tomorrow, and, and I'll probably be doing more uh, in the near future, um, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to get my pace down. I don't want to be rattling off a lot. Uh, I'm trying to get to where I can get to each event that happened in my life, but also explain some of the details that surround that. Uh, I'm a strong believer that uh, you got to separate uh, Richard Dolan I guess has a uh, he's got an article out talking about uh, I guess experiencers stories to where they can be Fantasy or misinformation, and uh, I don't know if he was talking about the the general public or he was talking about the people in the uh, the UFO, I guess, organization, the talking heads, uh, book writers. I don't know if he was talking about them or talking about uh, you know the average Joe like myself uh, having experiences. But I. What
0: well, did you ask would, him? Did you ask
3: him? No, I him? never asked him. I. No, I never asked him anything. No, I didn't. Uh, they don't. They do usually okay. answer anyway. They don't usually well, answer. You
0: can on his channel on Richard Dolan on YouTube. I I go when I get a live notice on him. But he used, He's been on this channel on this show. Uh, and and yeah. man, he's, he's,
2: what what we're talking about is what I've noticed lately is that people are coming out and trying to determine if somebody else is real or fake. But I think everybody's story is everybody's story. And, that's why nobody else's business, you know. Uh, to label everybody that isn't some part of their group that, that they're fake, you know, that's that's just bizarre. I, right. There's a lot of that in the secret right. space program. You know, there's there's one people that come out saying it's my my story's the only story. It's almost like my God, your God, my my Jesus, my god's your God. Right. And, right? Yeah, it's,
4: it's the right. God's
2: and it, I, it's. Yeah, it's just bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I, I don't think that things, anybody's
2: out uh, purposely yeah. lying. This is not how you get, you can have a good job. This isn't making yeah. you a lot of money. This is right. being vulnerable and sharing right. Making Richard. You're gonna maybe making Richard money.
4: You remember I right. have no it's idea, but it, it's
2: like why criticize somebody when you don't? You're not walking in their shoes. It's so easy to criticize people. You're not locking your shoes. You don't know what's going on. And right. I, I, I sense Dave and you, and I have a lot of experiencers come on my show, and 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 they're very authentic. They're very real. They're this is not uh, fun a lot of times to come out and say this. You're talking about things that are embarrassing, right? You right. know, having sex with an alien and they walk away. I mean, what do you yeah. have to do with that, right? Yeah, that, that's that's sure, happened I'm to me too. i gonna make a million dollars so. with that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. explain what you I heard. I had sex since, with an alien. Since you dropped yeah, his
2: ahead.
0: name, since you dropped Dave's name, why don't you, uh, Dave? Since you dropped Richard Dolan's name, why don't you go ahead and explain what you're doing? Uh, he is you're, you're an author. Up. You're
3: breaking <laughs>
0: okay.
3: up. What,
0: what did you? Go ahead and explain what you're talking about, because he is a friend of mine, and he's an author, and he's been on well, here, and he's gotten I... married, and he's running his own right. YouTube and his own publishing company like i do we all use right. electronic but we do first in first out we do uh, everybody went to electronic publishing so basically everybody is their own publisher if you want to think about because you're doing your own design work and you're all using your own templates and then all you do is submit it to a publishing house usually amazon which is now kindle electronically i used lulu in the beginning but you know amazon was doing all of that anyway and they send it out to whoever's got the equipment around the country you know the closest print place and you get a copy and they put it in the mail so that's how we're doing books these days and uh, you know it's expensive to house them and we're just not Uh, doing that uh, anymore.
3: I didn't read uh, I've seen so many names there's so many names of of, uh, authors in the UFO uh, uh, book area that If it was Richard Dolan, if he was repeating somebody else, I didn't read the article thoroughly. All I read was a heads up that, you know, that there is a lot of fantasies out there and and misinformation. And I thought to myself, well, I've been doing a lot of talking about my experiences. So now I have to re-examine what's going on with, you know, with uh, I don't know if Dolan said it or he found out somebody else said it or if that's the movement that's going on now within the UFO field I I, I didn't read the article fully so I don't think it's
2: about you Dave in particular so don't take it personally but I think that's just a a tendency that person number one you know there's a new person coming in and they're criticizing person number two without really investigating that person to see you know they didn't interview you right they didn't interview anybody that I know right um if they were to take the time and listen to their story, they might have a different perspective rather than, you know, criticizing and saying, "Oh, they're fake. They're fake." It's like it's like somebody that we know that says, "Fake news that's about everything." Right. No, not everything yeah. is fake news. No, you can't yeah. just label.
0: It, take the time to investigate and see what's really going on. So that's just. Well, Richard, it, yeah. but yeah. Richard got started writing the books that he wrote based on what he could find as a historian. But he wasn't always a historian. But he got interested and would have to – I forgot his story, to be honest with you, even though it's it's on here. I can go back and listen to it because it's right here on our archives. I didn't get rid of it. I did delete Stan Friedman's, uh by accident, so I apologize for that. And now that he's gone, that's going to be one reason I wish I would have it right here on the archives. But yeah. uh, I, I believe – now, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently you're saying you read something that Richard Dolan said, which doesn't surprise me because he worked with uh, several people writing his books, getting a, a history of a linear timeline, including with Bill Ryan and the Avalon Group, and they're very choicey. I tried to join that once years back, and it was a good old boys' network. They wouldn't let me in because I was a girl. So uh, oh. Carrie Cassidy started Project... Uh, her little group with uh, Camelot, and Bill was, and she were partners. But Carrie and uh, one of our other friends in this group, uh, Ascension Center group out of Hawaii, Tommy Oxblood, uh, worked with me here on this radio channel and station, and he also worked for Carrie Cassidy. And the guy sitting here with us, Tom Becker, was her producer while she was over on Revolution or Freedom Slips, right? I'm mad you did Carrie
1: Yeah, for about five years.
0: So you know all about how that part with Richard. You remember Richard was around back in the day, but uh, he came in after me, long after me out of Rochester.
1: I've had Richard Richard on my show before.
0: Yeah, so we understand there is a division of various people inside Dave that are uh, historians versus experiencers versus those that have been asked to track, and I was an analyst and observer and investigator, but I was a bona fide, meaning I got paid professionally. I made money investigating, which is a bad word to a lot of people, including MUFON investigators, Uh because some of them are former police officers, and, you know, when I was in MUFON in 2008, people were dropping my name like I was somebody, and I was writing for UFO Digest in Canada, and I had to sort of put a stop to that because I was being my name was being dropped in circles that I was like I had no idea who these people were, you know, so I was like, why right. are you putting my name in these organizations with groups of people there started to be some type of inner conflict. Of individual groups. So I have nothing bad to say about nonprofits, and I know MUFON's the biggest in the world right now that's still in existence. We had CSETI, and before that we had N- NIPRO. Is that the way you say it? Uh, I'm trying to remember all my UFO groups, but now I have UFO Association, and I actually started that back in the day with Richard Dolan and with. Stan Friedman, and I had carte blanche for George Fowler, Richard Dolan, and Stan Friedman as the first three when I was starting my business years and years ago and traveling around the country, coming out, not as a paid professional, but as a uh, partner with my husband to uh, go and visit, you know, because I was looking into my own story Based on the fact that I was a paid investigator, and then I went in and put a uniform on. Now, when you were in the Army, I understand you're like me, but now see, Dolan was looking, he's talked to me and wanted to come get my story with me and my husband, but it wasn't for sale. In other words, I I don't know what he was going to do with it, but he was collecting data as a historian. So, same thing Linda Moulton does. She has a degree like you in journalism, doesn't she? Or in communications. Yes, she does. So
3: yeah, you know I believe mean, she's, she's got a master's degree. Uh, I'm just at a bachelor's, but I, I have a uh, – I guess after that I had school of hard knocks uh, for the other degree. <laughs> so, yeah, I, what I'm getting at, I guess, with, uh, I'm not, I don't want to put a lot of weight on, on uh, Dolan on this because okay. I saw it in the Facebook where he said this disinformation was going around. And I don't know if it, it, was, if it was the authors being burnt by some people that made up stories. But what I did is I took a look at myself, and, and being an investigative journal journalist, I, I I take a look at myself and I say, hey, where do these little these things tie in? I mean, I think if you have a vivid dream and and you're regressed, you you go on a regression, and you see yourself on a ship, and you're actually feel like you're there. Like I've I've done that three or four times, and I've actually felt like I was there on that ship, and. When you, when you see that, you say, well, where did that come from? Well, I just saw a UFO hovering above me. Well, that's, that's the uh, indicator that something is linked. And I, find, I have to find a linkage to all my dreams. And uh, I've been abducted, I know, three times because of the electrical shock that I received. Uh, I've probably been abducted other times, multiple times. I've been hit by magnetic energy that makes you feel nauseous makes you feel weak and you and your body feels warm and uh and then you just kind of go out but i i when one of my dreams i I had where uh i actually asked a scientific friend of mine in new mexico to explain this to me i wrote to him and told him about my uh dream uh our vivid dream and and after i told him how i felt like when i stuck my arm through the steel door in my front room and i was going out i didn't want to hit my head so i stuck my arm in first i left it there and i looked back and by the time i turned back to my arm i didn't see anybody behind me apparently they made themselves uns they you know invisible or whatever but they my arm was burning and it was hurting and i i i felt weak and i felt hot flashes and i felt nauseousness in my stomach and then I finished walking through the door, and after I, after I did that, I, I don't know what happened. I was beamed up, I guess. But uh, the scientist told me, I don't want to mention his name or anything, but he told me that's not a dream. He said that actually happened. He said when you can feel things in a vivid dream, if you can feel hot, cold, or you get nauseous, or, you, or your head is like it's going to explode, and he says your body feels like it's really racing, he said, that's not a dream. He said, you don't have a lot of those sensations as a, as a normal or a typical dream. A typical dream, I've had a lot of those. And, and a, lot of, a lot of times you'd feel like you've been uh, uh, killed or stabbed or hit in the head, and, but you don't feel anything. I don't know if uh, you can relate to that. But a vivid dream, you can actually feel it because those are memories, actual memories of pain or, or some kind of physical symptom." that you had during an abduction and those are key factors to look for uh with an abductee is how did they feel uh what was did the did they feel some kind of a magnetic energy surround them and did they feel weak did they feel hot you know nauseous uh so these are some of the things that i had to take a look at and say yes you know those are indicators that that tells you yeah you've been abducted you know that's a. Uh, uh, but a lot of times if you have a nightmare and you wake up and you can remember the nightmare, but it's, it really didn't happen, there's, there's certain things that ties to that nightmare, maybe a, a seed that is planted from a, a movie you saw that day or the day before, and you have a nightmare of it uh, two days later. If you can find a seed. But some of my vivid dreams, there's no way I could have even written written that on a script. I mean, it was something that, that I saw that I'd have I'd never seen before and I'd never heard of before. I could have never written it. These are also details. Uh, the strange details of a vivid dream and regression. Uh, the key is regression on these vivid dreams with people who've seen UFOs close to them. Uh, Dr. David Jacobs, who I admire a lot, and, and I talked to him, had a chance to talk to him about my regressed dreams, and he told me, he says, there's a lot of people, uh, he said, half of the people that's been abducted, they don't even really know it. And he said, there are another 25%, he said, like me, they leave me bits and pieces, or you actually know you've been abducted. And then there's, there's another group of people who have got marks on them, they got to, you know, they've been hurt, they've been grabbed. Uh, but, you know, we, we, none of us really know the, the real truth about, I guess, one another one. Like we were talking earlier That uh, someone that comes out of the story And I talked to two experiencers today I'm sharing with them And these guys have had some experiences Of their own And one of them had had a couple of hybrid uh, Children And uh, I don't want to mention his name Until I ask him permission Uh, He could come on your show sometime He's he's actually uh, He's got a PhD in I think it's uh, uh, Archaeology I'm not sure But uh, he's a very sharp man, and he's been around for a while, and I talked to him about that. And I talked to another MUFON director down south today as as an experiencer, and they're all kind of claiming the same thing, that there there is, with an, uh, an abduction, there's always other clues that follow that abduction. And if people really want to know if it's real or not, then they have to look back and say, well, did I see a UFO? How close was it? Uh, did I did I see something weird that, that, that approached me? Uh, it could even be a hybrid uh, alien here. And there's a lot of them here walking amongst us. One out of ten, somebody said, I don't know if that number is correct, uh, I, but I ran into one, and I've seen some other strange people, but it's uh, so you don't really know. Even a hybrid can put uh, things in your memory, uh, upload or download from you, and see right through you. Uh, the hybrid I ran into, her eyes were so glaring and so strong i had to turn my head i said wow i said her uncle, you better chill your eyes which you? <laughs> i said wow they're piercing and i thought i had piercing eyes i thought i always had a third eye and i i do but but not like what she did i mean she had power and control that just made me feel everything's okay you know don't go for your ball bat don't go for your camera although i did get pictures of her so uh that, that's the one I, I ran into in Sedona. But I'm getting to the point where uh, these guys told me today these experiences. They said it's a tough area. You go in and you talk about your experiences, especially if you've had several like me. Uh, Linda Moulton-Hall told me I'd have a hard time. Uh, I, I belong to a smaller, a small group because I've had not one, not two, not three, but I've had about six or seven encounters. And and she said that that's that the people are that's going to be overwhelming to some people, and I said, well, I'm going to give lifers. it a try. Because, what's that?
0: They call them lifers.
3: Yeah, I'm uh, a lifer.
0: I've been I've I've lived my whole life on and off the planet, in and out of body. So uh, working okay. with people that are just as real and feel and touch, just like you said, and it seems right. to be like another reality, but it's not. So in, in uniform and out of uniform, at first my husband and I thought they were playing tricks on us because when you do it in this reality, you, you tend to not believe it. You think it's some type of experiment, which, you know, your training tells you it can't be happening. But it's like you said, there is a difference. And that's what got me involved with all of this was I had a mission to help bring in the Ascension Age and alien civilizations exist, which is why I use... A-C-O and A-C-E, and I use my information and my uh, brands or my logos, and then I'm using the one that we wore off-planet just to bring it into uh, reality because uh, if I don't do it, who is, you know, because everybody has their own story. So people say, why don't you bring something back? Well, they don't let you, at least the ones that are extremely brilliant that I've worked with, and I've surmised that a lot of them, because they've lived forever, They send you down here, and the ones I've worked with understand the soul. So I have to believe in reincarnation as part of the extraterrestrial existence. So I think what, Dave, I think what you brought up is the fact that it's not one thing or the other. We're just now getting where MUFON is just separating with Kathy Martin and how people fit in as therapists, working with people in the Me Too generation versus those, in other words, telling stories just like you see in movies, versus whether they did get it. If did they sleep? Were they influenced by dream? Is part of their mind that created another sub personality? So we're looking at, you know, not just the psychology of it, but we're studying the mind and all the neurons that uh, we play with in in this reality, plus photons and what causes the light and the dark and all the quantum physics and how we can be in two places at once. So what I started calling myself rather than a walk-in or a hybrid is a bilocator because I'm starting to realize anybody can do what I do. And that could be part of the advancement in the ascension process. Have you heard of people in the uh, ET or I call it alien ET UFO community, but have you heard of them talk about the ascension process and learning Mm -hmm. how to – raise your consciousness outside of world religions. You know, essentially, it's Christ's life, but Buddha yes, is the wheel of life. So it's just terminologies, but we're learning how to form a new – it's not our philosophy or religion, our talk, because but it's learning how to communicate our vibrations and our rhythms and that we're more than just in our 3D biological. Now that we understand our – our, we're, we're not just inside our, our brain or inside wow. our body, right, or six feet around us. So people right. are learning they're, they're more than that. So I believe you and I and Janet and Tom here are all part of the new reality is it's not really new. It's new to us as individuals, but we're just learning to talk to each other about what we're experiencing. So you're saying a lot of things that need to be said, and I get to hear it. And then realize you're talking about the same thing I do, but just different different places. I put it in my storage facility. How's that in my container? Right. How what right. assimilates their own personal life story? So when did you start doing this? You you personally go back like Janet and I are writing a book back to the crib, but are you saying that as far as your memories are concerned, your consciousness that <laughs> first encounter of something other than inside yourself like being taken or or abducted at the age of 14 and you started uh research at that age or when what
3: it yeah i I didn't start my research at 14 years of age i i was just a, a kid and i was just really amazed at what i saw but i didn't know the depth of what i saw and i didn't do any research at that time uh I, I, just, I just went on about it. But going back, my mom said I was born with gray sideburns. And she said my sideburns were just as gray as it can be. And I, and, uh, and I saw a baby on board a ship. Uh, I call it a Noah's Ark uh, ship. And I saw a baby with three eyes. And I, I looked in between these two. They looked like females that had, that had uh, uh, white smocks on and I looked between them, and I saw a baby there about six months old that had three eyes. And I thought that was a message to me, that I, my third eye is being, I guess, uh, uh, get, getting, more, uh, getting more strength from my encounters. I, I feel that. I actually feel, I had talked to one experiencer today that uh, said that uh, you're at, you're at, your IQ actually goes up when you have some of these encounters. And I felt that when I when I joined the Army, uh, when I was 18, 19 years old, I joined the Army because I was going to get drafted. I come from a poor family. We had 11 kids in the family. And when I was going to get drafted, I went ahead and joined with my brother. Well, we took the test. They, they give you a lot of paper exams and, and uh, then physical exams in the Army before you can even get in. And we went to the recruiter, and uh, he told me, he handed me a paper. He said, you can do anything you want. He said, he said, you scored the highest that we can get. And he said, what would you like to have? And I said, well, nuclear weapons. And so I was sent to, uh, after a top secret security clearance, I was sent to Huntsville, Alabama, Redstone Arsenal. After my basic training and my top secret come in, I had to wait a long time for that. Uh, it took them six months to get that top secret. So I finally got it went to Redstone. But then I was only 19 at the time. I was the... I was probably the youngest guy in the class. Most of them had master's degrees, and a couple of them had bachelor's degrees. And here here I was, just a high school education, and I, I I, passed, and I got high enough grade to get into that elite class. I didn't like it because I had military intelligence every week, interview us, hand us cigarettes and sodas and stuff and talk to us. They're just testing us, see, see how much they can trust us. So I didn't like that kind of pressure, and I, I wanted to drop out of the class and go, go to another uh, a job in the military. And I had an 89% average, so they wouldn't let me drop. So I had to go to the chaplain on post to get me out of that class. And it just so had, at that time, my other, my brother was in the Army with me. His wife was going to have a baby. And I he got orders for Vietnam, and I was there waiting for orders, and I told the captain, I said, go ahead and get me the artist for Vietnam because I want to stop my brother from going to Vietnam because he's having a child and i am still single. So I went to Vietnam, and I served as a platoon sergeant. And when I come back to Fort Benning, uh, after a few months there, they wanted to commission me as a lieutenant. And that rarely ever happens. You get a field commission like that that quick. So I turned it down because I didn't want to go back to Vietnam. So that was part of my military background. And uh, I don't know if I w- should have stayed with it. I was going to go out to Sandia, New Mexico, after the training in, in Huntsville. But I didn't want to do it. It was just a kind of a – that's why the, I guess the guys that were 24, 25 had a little bit more seasoning than I did. And I just didn't want to go uh, and get be involved in that much responsibility at a young age. But, yeah, I, I feel that uh, these guys I talked to today – uh, they actually told me that they feel like uh, they're being uh, questioned, sometimes laughed at. And I know the feelings. In small groups, when I spoke in front of small groups, you would see some people roll their eyes. And you would like to say, okay, this meeting's over with and just walk out. Uh, it's It happens that way a lot of times. You've got half of the population that don't believe. The other half will believe. And uh, I like it when people say, well, I really don't believe, but if I see it, I'll believe it. Uh, I like that answer. I don't like the answer saying, oh, you're crazy, you know. That's not the answer we're looking for. And, and I, so many of us experiencers, you have to be bold to come out. And uh, I've, been, I've been saying all along, I believe, in UFOs, and I saw them, and I know they're there, and people always thought I was crazy, but they would move on. And I, I, just, I, I got into serious research starting in '09, I guess you could say, and uh, that's when I was running into a lot of things for uh, those three or four years. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's something for its experience or It's hard to explain. Uh, it's hard to is get people hobby, to believe.
0: Lena? Is your research What's a hobby? Are you retired and your research is a hobby?
3: Yes, yes. I'm retired, and I, I've been out west. I went out there quite a bit uh, in 08 through through 2012. I went out there almost once, twice a year out to Sedona, and I wanted to collect that magic that I had out there. And matter of fact, I had a chance to talk to two people. Uh, I can't mention their names, but uh, I asked them if they ever saw hybrids out there, and they live out there. And and they said yes. I'm a. I've been. What's that?
0: I saw some little greys out in Sedona. Yeah. uh at the America. People... They approached me and I came through there. At that, uh, oh, what is that called? America, uh, Little America.
4: Yeah, so Yeah.
0: And what's so funny is I was talking, the phone, uh, they saw me right before I went and talked to the lady that was running the uh, museum. I had already left Roswell. It wasn't at the time that I'd been to Roswell. It was a later time, which was strange. They wanted me to come and be a speaker and uh, my husband said, no way, you know, but she happened to call me and got my number right when they showed up. So I wondered what that was about, you know, because, uh, Makes you wonder how many different species you work with, or are you working with them, or are they controlling you? So, this right, is yeah. what we're at now is so many people coming forward with the various stories and the various groups that they're part of. And so, it's pretty much an understanding that they've been coming and going for millions of years, right?
4: Yes,
3: and they're here with us, actually.
0: Uh, what was the that? So, it's you're not that important what are talking about now. And it's been trying to get me to talk about it for years. You're breaking only... up.
3: Yeah, you're breaking
2: you're
0: up. Yeah. up you. Oh, okay. That's uh, Ahmad was telling me something. There he comes. Okay. Ahmad. There I'm going to be on mute for a little bit. Okay. Mute. Okay. Well, this is Ahmad coming back on. He has been gone. Are you back on now, Ahmad?
1: I hope, anyways. The internet, you know how that goes.
0: Okay, so I apologize, uh, Amanda. So I didn't know, they said I have was breaking up, but you were coming on on Skype again because I called in and I don't know how this works since I called in direct. Do you? I'm not talking on the phone, I'm talking directly into the computer, but I don't know how that works. I have no idea. It's not Skype, some direct yeah. line. No. Right.
1: No, they're using a the telephone line as well.
0: Okay, I just hit it. They say a direct line on my computer. Mm-hmm. All right, but when you came in on Skype, it apparently affected the sound. I don't understand all this, yeah. Anyway, we're all we're all sound waves, we're all doing radio waves, but Dave, uh Tom, Tom, you haven't had any physical reality in your mind at least that are you, you can't really recall any missing time either, right? Tom, uh, what part of the mind or your reality are you working with? I, I don't know how to get there, but since you're a writer and an author, I know you have all the tools. So you uh-huh. go somewhere to get your pictures, right? Your imagination, or <laughs> tell, tell, me, tell me how you break it up if you don't mind sharing. I how see do you get... a lot of that.
1: I see a lot of that stuff in my dreams.
0: Okay. So, Dave, you being a journalist, how – I mean, apparently you're talking to people. It must be on Facebook, but you're doing some kind of research. I don't spend a lot of time talking to people unless Janet brings them on the show. Uh, Mad's been spending years doing it. I'm just really getting into it in the last seven years. But how do you – what would you tell a Mad if these things are happening to him in his dreams? He picks up beautiful artwork, ships, aliens. He draws them, and we're we've got him now in our graphic department. But he also runs all the radio airwaves. But I feel like he's chosen and called to do it. How? What yeah. would you say? How? Where would you classify him? Not one to five. as it's an experiencer.
3: Uh, uh, he's he's apparently into the telepathic part of it. Uh, he's being he's being given information uh, from up above, and that's them. That's the aliens. That's what Warner von Braun called they asking where he got all of his knowledge he put his finger in the air and he said them they told me
4: <laughs> yeah
3: and yeah. Uh, also tesla said the same thing said he got messages when he when he went to sleep he would get yep. messages from from up above or he even said uh them or they or something he had the same terminology and then uh, you had edison who had had all of his Uh, He he made all his inventions, he said, during his sleep. So whatever Matt is is getting, he's getting information from from outside. He's able to be a receiver and receive that information. Uh, I think that's great because, actually, those are the types of things that changes our society, the inventions and the new things like the light bulb, the airplane. I, I think, actually, it's coming from a source telepathically. And recorded in our minds, and it stays there, because the next morning you wake up, and I know Matt if he, he wakes up and he has he has this vision, and then he can go and draw it right away, and that's that's uh, being you're given information, uh, you're sent as like a genius. Uh, I mean, I think they up there make geniuses. I don't want to displace God in any of this. I I think I found a lot of things that happen to me being very spiritual, and then you were talking about the spirits a while ago, and and, it's, it, and I saw another Japanese young fellow in Sedona the next following year after the, the young lady, and he was kind of strange in a way, and he said, uh, I told him, he said, well, a lot of Japanese are kind of like that. They kind of stay to themselves, and they're kind of quiet, especially if they they got a big name in, in uh, Japan. And I said, well, she come and visited my house six months later with two other younger Japanese young guys. And then his eyes got real big, and he almost choked on his cigarette. He was, you know, puffing a cigarette. He said, well, he, said, well, he says, uh, he kind of stuttered. He said, well, you know, most aliens believe in reincarnation. It's funny that you say that. He said that, and I think it was weird for him to say that. Uh, he, he was supposed to have been some professor, associate that helped a, a professor, and just him saying that and acting funny. the Next day, I wanted to talk to him, but he he stayed out of my way. He was gone. Uh, so that was a strange encounter. Also, uh, I didn't count it. <laughs> as, I didn't count it as strange, but I found it strange that he said that most aliens uh, believe in reincarnation.
0: And then I guess I said I I told you that something similar. Uh, yeah, that's definitely right. part yeah. of yeah.
3: it. Right. You, you, you said reincarnation. It?
0: It wasn't in the beginning. I didn't even know what reincarnation was. I was christened in a Baptist church, First Baptist in Monroe, Louisiana, and then baptized at Trinity Baptist in West Monroe, Louisiana. But it had nothing to do. You know, you have your – from zero to seven, like the Jews say, give me the, your children till age seven, and I will show you the man. Or create the – you know, they create the person on earth in the first seven years, right? They have certain programming. But as an adult, and you start thinking – outside the box or outside your education and outside your religious or your culture, that's uh, what I started doing was an open mind. But my open mind from NASA and knowing about UFO people and then dying, I started putting it together and then putting it together with my out of body near death and my sightings and then hearing what was said in NASA and then then being interested in me because I see UFOs a lot and they wouldn't. I put it all together and started doing my own research, but I wasn't allowed to talk about it by the attorneys or the government or the best. Invest- you know, I was, I was there to do a job. You know, my job was just get the facts, ma'am, you know, like right. dragnet. Remember dragnet? <laughs> right.
4: Yes. So, yes, so that's, that's how I was
3: taught in journalism. Uh,
4: go
0: ahead.
3: Just get the facts any way you can uh, make the, make the uh, questions short and sweet. Uh, don't give them a yes or no out. You have to make them explain it. Just don't say yes or no. Uh, so that's, that's how I was trained to investigate people is you say you've been abducted by a, a UFO. And if they say yes, uh, then leave it at that. Well, you're not getting any information. Uh, you're not getting all the background information that led up to that abduction or, or after the abduction effect. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, reincarnation is something I think I'm thinking about. I'm not quite sure. That's, I know you, you raised up in a, in a strict Baptist church, because Baptists are very strict. Uh, but I, I was a Catholic, and then I, I went to, I guess, uh, just being a, a Protestant right now at this time. But I, I, I kind of don't, I, I believe in spirituality more than I do religion. Uh, I'm more of a person who, if I start my prayers out, I say God of gods. Because the ancient people, getting back in history, the ancient people called the UFO, E.T. people, they called them gods. And so if you watch ancient aliens, uh, you know, that's, that's all they talk about is ancient archaeology and the past and how it ties together with, with E.T.s throughout the thousands of years of them being inserting themselves into our DNA and also our technology. And I strongly believe that, that they were here before us. So that's that's the big thing. The big question is how did everything else come about? Uh, is everything else uh, were, are we trained on things like like religion and stories and history? Uh, is it all correct? and a lot of people a lot of scientists are saying not uh, now because they're finding out there's a lot of, a lot of things that are different. It's like uh, they thought the Indians were the first here in, in America where they really they really weren't. Uh, uh, the Vikings were here, and then there was a, a tall, what they call a giant, a nine-foot uh, human that was here, and they found bones of these large people uh, here before the Indians. And the Indians uh, killed them off some way or another uh, because, I guess, uh, threatened by these people, uh I guess, humanoids. So we don't really know what history really is all about. We don't have all the answers about ETs and UFOs either. We don't really know the agenda. We know what they're doing, uh, but we don't know why. Some of the things you can figure out is DNA. And also, if they collect eggs or semen, they do that for reproduction. We, we have that figured. Out. A lot of things we don't have. We
0: don't know different groups in. do different things from what I my little bit of research are just running across it as an investigator in and out of the country, in and out of military bases, is the fact that they come for various reasons. Various groups do different things. The group I work with just happened to be in – said they found us here millions of years ago. And so we don't know if they're the Anunnaki or – because they don't tell you. I just know that they were the Allied Command and the Supreme Allied Command, and they answered – Galactically, so I I was recruited into what's called the Allied Council Intergalactic Relations, meaning to do public relations between them and the world or the planet. So they raised me as a child to be an ambassador, but I have uh, people, friends of mine, as an investigator out of Houston, Daryl Sims, I told him he was going to be my first alienologist in my company. And he is, Daryl Sims. I just deleted alienhunters.org, by the way. I'll have to boot it back up, but I'll let him know I've deleted his website for Alien Hunters. Because we're going to do alien contact now with you if you can keep helping us write a journalistic thread. I like what you're doing. But uh, I'm trying to build a company that makes it acceptable for the dimensions and the quantum physics. And I love physics. And- in words in ancient history cultures, Hebrew, Greek, Latin, and prior to that, you know, Sumer and Akashic records, we say that the A-field with Jan, off-planet, and Samaria, and, you know, Atlantis and all that. So we've got all the ancient history, and now we're going to rewrite it. So now we've got, you know, the people like... Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Michio Kaku taking over. Since we don't have anybody out there in entertainment that's changing it too much, I mean, I can drop a bunch of other names, folks, but these are the ones you've heard, you know, in our cyberspace right now. NASA's doing their part, you know, and we're going to be doing it. We're the boots on the ground. Uh, Janet, Ahmed, and me. Now, Dave, would you consider you one of us? That your boots on the ground with gra- what we call the grassroots movement, aren't you? Yes, right
3: I, uh, yeah. And and I think my personal experiences uh, keeps pushing me to find the truth and find out what is really going on. Uh, they say, aren't you afraid of these E.T.s? I've been, I've been, I've been scared. Uh-huh. I mean, really <laughs> scared by some of these abductions, uh-huh. but. I, I'm, I'm not afraid to meet this this head on and try to figure out what's going on. If an alien walked into this door right now, I, I probably wouldn't I wouldn't be hysterical. Uh, I would probably think, okay, that's part of the plan. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be afraid of, of the aliens. and I, uh, because I guess I've been after this long being in touch with them and in and out of that dimensional field with them, I, I, I feel like, okay, I've had enough. I'm ready to face you. You know, so I just don't like the reptilian, the uh, the cobra-looking things. I've I never saw one. Come
0: any of those? Absolutely not in my brain, in this existence, uh, in space. I got to see on a video what uh, I described to Janet, but Janet t- has seen them in her life, uh, but not me. Now she had David Icke staying at her house and. Janet has her own story to tell. She even put in, uh, I don't know if she cared for that, but I don't deal with that. That's her department. But I deal with the uh, ones that look like us. I deal with the giants because uh, they're tall, and the ones probably found, they may be the ones they call the Nephilim. I don't know. But the least—the one that I saw the most of was sort of rude. But uh, I, the ones in Area 51, they apparently come and go i told people they were coming for vacation but they're very protective of their children right and the only person i know that's talked about the children was charles hall that come out and look at the balloons that he was setting off you know but uh they had the they had the same uh equipment i did as far as this uh and my husband but the extraterrestrials take them back they won't let you keep it but uh when you're traveling and, and when you come down, you can wear this suit that's adhered to your skin. And then uh, it also it allows you to gravitate or levitate. But uh, I did that once, not realizing, but that I already had it in my mind. But I do a lot of it when I'm traveling at night. Sound crazy as heck. But uh, I do a lot of levitation and traveling. But believe it or not, I feel I feel the ground. I feel the when I'm going around wires. And on some planets, there's still telephone wires, just like we used to have. Well, I guess we still do in a lot of places. and uh, Some of them are buried underground, but some... You know what I'm talking about. Uh, the ones used to be telephone lines, they bury now, but they used to be on the right. poles. And some right. power poles. Poles. But I do all that in this reality, but I'm just going to talk about it and let people think I'm crazy, because I'd rather be crazy than the normal that we grew up in. Like you said, I was brought up... I was pretty strict. It was Southern Baptist. Trinity That's strict. Southern. <laughs> yep, and we didn't smoke, we didn't drink, but that was real <laughs> hard for us to sell, all the cigarettes out at the front door. And I know that the night before, all the Masons were at my dad's house playing poker or something with beer. So, you know, they had these free secret societies, but yet when they went to church, they were deacons and collected the money and acted all in their suits. So, in the 50s, right? So, I think a lot of us remember those days now, you know, but you're Catholic, and my mother wouldn't let us be Catholic. We were told we were Protestants, of course, that we were pretty much English and Irish from the old country, but uh, we were non. Now, a lot of friends are Catholic. I got crosses in my house. Now, as a Latter-day Saint, we were not allowed to do anything with crosses, plus we couldn't wear them, and the government didn't push them because we worked so much with the oil fields for the Bush people with the Arabians right, the people over well you know what I'm talking about (laughs) Arabian, the oil people (laughs) but they're part of this planet right, there's plenty of them on the planet I didn't meet any of them up there in space but I did meet people wearing uniforms and I met them in plain clothes so in my mind it doesn't matter what race of uh, humanoid, meaning uh, head, two arms, two legs the star pattern, it doesn't matter whether they're Uh, Civilian or military trained, they're both working together to keep the planet going, and they all survive on some type of exchange program, meaning credits or money or some type of – it's all even in space. It's still products and services, just like on this planet. So it's whatever you need to be a sentient being. So have you, uh, can you share anything as a journalist? and a, 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 I call you an alienologist because you study the uh, culture. It, is a, uh, The only first one was Daryl, and I'm accepting you into my group as the ACO journalist because you're, you're under alienologist. Now, are you okay with that term? Janet and I are just everything, but, I mean, for the sake yeah. of this show, alien Contact Organization. alienologists
3: Yes, uh, that's fine. You're breaking up more. Uh, sometimes I'm getting some of the words and sometimes okay. I'm not.
2: Yeah. I'm
0: sorry, so I won't do this direct. Okay, I'm going to call back in. I'm going to put this on host. Janet, say hi to Matt. He's back. Yeah, go hi. Back in. Yeah, like, I, go. I, my experience is that the
2: connection is kind of sketchy. Did the same thing with me. Okay, so I'm back. <laughs> So I had to take a little break here, do something, but I'm back. So what were you guys talking about? Where are you in the in the discussion? Did you finish your story? We were
3: we were talking about uh, me being an alienologist, and this, she was talking about uh, Daryl uh, being a, a journalist and alienologist, and uh, talking right. about me studying society. Uh, I guess I do that on a daily basis, not on a professional basis, but uh, on a on just receiving these things uh, from other people and from other uh, like I'm doing research right now. I'm talking to as many as experiencers as I can to get to get what they went through and also to get their ideas. And most of the time, when we talk, we're actually sharing the same thing. And they would say, my goodness, that's, that's, a, that's what I experienced, or that's how I thought, but that's how I felt. And it's great to hear that. You know, it's just like it makes you not be all alone uh, in this, this area right. of being an experiencer. But, yeah, that's what's good about uh, talking to other experiencers. And I do that a lot on, on uh, i got to talk to a couple more guys, I guess, uh, tonight and tomorrow. But what I'm doing is just getting a background on other experiencers. Uh, I'm talking about experiencers who, I guess, have come out. So they've written a book, or they've, uh, they've they've done a lot of writing on the internet. And I'm talking about those people that have come out. Now, I, I wish there'd be a lot more people coming out. I'm sure there's probably. Well, what would you people... like to
2: ask um, me? And TJ, TJ, We're both experiencers. What would you ask me?
3: I, I would ask. Yeah, I would ask you what. First of all, what type of alien did you see when you were abducted? Uh, and then I would ask, how okay. did you feel? I'd ask your feelings. Uh, and then Let I'd the ask. answer.
2: You. Okay. Let the answer. Yeah, okay. pretend you are interviewing me. <laughs>
4: so
2: okay. I saw uh, every child imaginable. I saw species that we haven't even cataloged yet. But the main primary ones I interacted with and I still interact with are the Anunnaki. There's several varieties of what you might call gray species. Some of them are really tall, extremely tall, and so, and thin. They tend to be very thin. Um, um, they, they're they kind of androgynous. You can't really tell their sex. Um, it's not the parent, you know, but it, when you communicate with them, they tend to have maybe a little bit more masculine or feminine or vice versa. Um, I've interacted with the mantis beings and reptilian beings, and I've been to large council meetings with um, just uh, maybe 20 people, 20, to 30 people. I've been to super large, like, conventions with over 100,000 unique species. And when I ask them how many are here, they will answer because it's like, well, I can't count this. How many are here? Um, So I've been to a large meeting with over a 1,000 Anunnaki and a a variety of other species underneath the um, underground military installation. So I've had a wide variety of experiences. How did I feel? Um, I have predominantly good experiences. Um, There were some experiences early on when I was, Trying to integrate things like dealing with reptilians, and I was afraid because they were so foreign-looking. The ones that are more humanoid, they're easier to integrate. But the um, at first, I was very terrified of this one reptilian fellow. But he worked with me for my entire life, and so I finally get I came to understand that the reason why I felt so terrified is that they have this raw um, form of telepathy that has no filters. And so uh, when they communicate with you, they get your whole essence. <laughs> it's like there's nothing left of you. And it, it feels almost like they're sucking your soul on your body. But it's just so intense. Okay, um, go ahead. What's your next question? I'm sorry, we're, we're having a bad connection. Do you have a fan going or something?
3: I
0: don't. <laughs> yeah, I do. A, so okay, I turned, so I took off reach. my head. Let me turn it off. No, that doesn't work. That
2: doesn't work. Yeah, we're getting your
0: fan. That's much better. Wow. I I took off my head. I had took off my headset, so I apologize. I'll put my headset back on. All right. Well, I'm (laughs) trying to figure all this out, folks. That's the one that was breaking up, I think, was my headset. But when I talk, I'll get on this phone. So I'm mad uh, with what we're building, folks. I'll put my headset on. But uh, hold on. i get Interesting.
2: Go ahead and ask wait, uh, TJ I, this is question. Me. Oh, just put your headset on. All right. So All right. let Dave ask the questions that he asked these people, so that's what he's doing. He's investigating. Uh, so go ahead and ask yes. TJ those two questions that you asked me.
4: Okay. Now she's
3: I, I asked what type of aliens you've seen and and how you felt about the meeting, and then how – and the third question is going to is, – is did you oh, feel great. any – Biological uh, differences in your body, uh, and our emotional differences. Was it spiritual, or or was it a painful memory?
2: I'd say okay. mine was mostly spiritual, uh, and then the, the one that I felt was, or uh, was afraid, I worked through it. I worked through it with my um, hypnotherapist later on, which I highly recommend to people. Go get some therapy or uh, hypnotherapy. Okay, over to you, TJ. And I'm going to go on mute so I don't make background noise.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. The way I felt regarding seeing aliens was at home, because the first one was when I was a child. I played with, so I was trained by a, another child, and I uh, was shocked that my mother couldn't uh, see him. He would leave and go, and I called him Leo or Cleo because. And now that I'm old and like. About that. I don't know how to express the name Leo or Cleo with a seer. But anyway, I was uh, exasperated that she couldn't see him when I went to get in the car and she told me to stand up and I wanted him to go. And I realized she couldn't see him. But I knew. So that would be what's called. Ooh, where's that coming from?
3: Yeah, that's. Uh, well, there's been a lot of cases like that of small children having a friend or a buddy with them. And uh, and nobody can see them, but only they can see them. Uh, that so there has to be some truth to that, is what you're saying, what you experienced.
0: Yeah. And then now remember, I'm a lifer. I'm a bi locator. Are you right. hearing me?
3: okay? I, um, so I'm still getting static every once in a while.
0: Okay. It's this headset. Might be this. The uh, you know how sometimes the cords break. I may need a new one. Right. I, I'm hearing. I'm hearing feedback from something my, Let me turn my phone off. That's not it. Interesting. All right. Well let me turn my sound off. C- can you hear feedback? i mad.
3: No, I I hear you okay now.
0: Okay. And uh so that was the first one and then uh when I was taken up at four on a ship standing there I wanted to go with them so I felt like they were my family and they made me come back down to the planet. And so I, I'm like the Alley Clark in the movie Taken. So, uh, but I came back down. And then uh, when I died in the second grade, I uh, saw angels and felt like they were my family. So that was just understanding I was outside my body, but I could see them. But uh, I didn't leave the planet. So then I built myself the white sands. That's where I found my uncle worked the most, and I went out there and went to the sand dunes and saw uh, them again, my family again. And when uh, they landed the ship, and um, I would learn some stuff on ship with some other kids that came off. And uh, my uncle went back, and they weren't allowed to talk about flying saucers. But they put the other two kids to sleep. So uh, I had a kid 10 and 13. So what I felt there was frozen and different because the other two children, I was showing them as the UFO came overhead, or flying saucer, And then it went down, and between them, and we were way up in the white stand and they did do. And so uh, they, did, they saw it fly over, but they put, the two kids went to sleep. But I was smart enough to know, I don't know if I was about 9 or 10, that – no, I'm older been younger than 10, like the boy was 10 and the girl was 16. that I felt that, huh, I tried to wake, you know, come on, come on. They just like that sleeping, like the poppy field in Wizard of Oz. You know how like the kids are the whatever they are, lay down down in the Wizard of Oz, that's what they did. And I, I right. I, mm-hmm. But I could feel being compelled to go down to the ship. So I visited with them, and then when I came back up, and then they left, and then the kids got up, so, uh, but I felt at home, then, uh, let's see, that was, that was yeah. then when they'd fly over in Houston, uh, I went and had a couple of tattoos put with three dots, so I'd remember the three dots on both my hands, above my thumb, so the three dots. And so I knew the difference because they'd fly over and there'd be no sound and they'd let me know they were there. And they, I knew they weren't uh, reverse technology. But because I saw the real deal and was educated, I was uh, educated at that young level, but I also had skill and were twirling batons and fire batons. So the men in black came and visited my school. And, but remember, I, well, you don't know this, but I was around NASA people. So the NASA people weren't allowed to talk about anything that they knew about people like me. So I got to come and go and be with people, but they'd call me into meetings with uh, very important people. So I understand them, you know, how how I'm connected to them. So I felt special. I felt connected, but I didn't understand it, but because my uncle in Los Alamos told me, you know, we don't talk about it and all that. And my mother did, my grandmother did. uh, I always felt included in a group that not everybody knew about, and so I just accepted it. So uh, when I would be around them, now later on, when I went to well, – you talk about Richard Dolan and the you know, test in New York. That's when the big one like Men in Black came up, a big white light, and they froze people uh, at the uh, Palmview Heights. And that's when New Five got involved when they came to Hawaii and wanted to hear about that because uh, this was way before the black movie, but I looked, and I saw the people, and I went in and called 911. And so uh, they said they hadn't seen anything, but the light was white, and it had two red ones come up. One go one way and sit, and one go the other way and sit. So one went towards Canada, and one went towards the USA, right? I was right close to the border, close to Niagara Falls and Rochester, so my kids saw it, too, so and they saw the ones. We moved to Birmingham, Alabama when I was going to college, and uh, we had flyovers, so we were custom, and my kids, so we felt, there they are, Mom, so we we just laugh about it. So we were just included in a, a part of life. So then, as I grew up and went out to Hawaii, I decided I wanted to learn about them in college, I went to Hawaii. I didn't know path. And I did get to go out there and see domes and other dimensions. And I uh, started doing artwork and like the mat. I got paid to do it. And a girl put me in the Hawaii group for artwork, so it, it made me draw things and receive uh, pictures that I hadn't seen. We didn't have the internet, Google, and all that. And I hadn't didn't think I'd been out there traveling. But when uh, I had done some paintings of Mars, and people were shocked because. Uh, we the girl framed them and put them in our big house in Kahala in Hawaii and people came in and said that was exactly the pictures they had seen of Mars and I had just done it by hand people said no we saw her do it it was right out of her head so I did a lot of that so people started buying my artwork and uh, I started a whole movement for the ascension age and so I started teaching psychics and then the government men in black started showing up and because uh, I was doing readings and then uh, Michael Jackson showed up, and I did readings for him and helped him. So I learned I had skills. So I started a, a Global Corporation Movement and alternative leather because the UTs I worked with didn't know why we were killing trees. So what I did was I got smarter and did start asking questions with what we called the Eco Expo. We had a big event about alternatives, and, and created the World Information Network for people that were all in big movements like New Age. So uh, I changed reality, and then I walked away from that. And uh, I just started doing books and started writing for UFO Digest when they had me go to uh, Roswell. So they had me go explain some stuff to Glenn Diddick before he died. And I, they will tell me when people are going to need help or need to know something. I've been a messenger So I think there's a lot to the messengers in the Bible angels because I have that feeling of being a part of a family that can help people on the planet. So that's pretty much it, Dave. And now what I'm doing is just helping with communication and trying to get us where we know that there's levels of existence that a lot of people haven't been able to accept about themselves. And that just being in a container isn't. All. It's just the beginning and we do it over and over That's why I believe in reincarnation now but, right. uh, I, I didn't have any bad bad things though Go ahead No, not
3: I haven't either But a lot of people say they've been tortured and, and hurt And they say the reptilians are mean uh, I just saw one short reptilian in my bedroom When I woke up and I looked over And he was uh-huh. just standing there looking at me And he looked so much like a cobra It scared me the to death. I mean, I'm a big guy, but I jumped about three or four feet out of that bed. I was so afraid it was a big snake, and but it was it was then disappeared. But playing the alienologist here, as you want me to do, I've got a couple of questions on what you were saying. You said something about angels. Uh, can you describe the angels you saw? Were they like what they picture?
0: Well, I learned through this reality that the wings in my reality, because I was trained. On the planet by humans And I was educated In Europe and I had to go to the Louvre And I had to see the Mona Lisa and pictures And I had to get the history Of the Catholic Church and all the pictures They kept with blood and guts and It was really hard for me to be Indoctrinated into world religions Because of the angels But they didn't have wings And so I was explained uh, Educated in world religions That those are artists Rendition just like the uh, halos that they put over, over them. So as far as having wings and having halos, no, because I was a child when I first saw the first ones, they were, uh, but they were the, corner, the first ones I saw were holographic and, uh, they looked like they were looked just like us, but you could sort of see through them. So I didn't learn about holograms until I worked off planet. And before, uh, It was after Star Trek because they were questioning Star Trek and Star Wars and my husband. So uh, the ones that worked with me on the planet, unless they took me exactly on a ship, meaning here in this reality, right? But the other – I don't know that they would be called angels. The only ones I called – I called them extraterrestrials or my family. But the only ones I called the angels were the ones that came into the room And I was in a Catholic church, and I told my mother at the time I saw angels. But the Catholic church wanted to take me to Italy, like the children that saw visions and heard things. So it was a real hard thing to talk about getting not taken because I had died with hepatitis. So I believe in angels, but I believe they're messengers and they can come and go.
3: Right, right. Yeah, I I also believe in angels that they – They intercede uh, when it's not your time to go and something just didn't happen right and you were about ready to die. They intercede and and keep you alive because it's not your time. We all have a time. I guess we have to go. Another question I want to ask, Teresa, is uh, you were talking about Mars. And uh, I guess the – let's just don't say President Trump, but others in the Pentagon are talking about having a space force. Uh, what do you think that's all about, since you know that there's something on Mars, and a lot of people think there is. I see a lot of pictures of things up there uh, that the rover has taken, and a lot of people are zooming in on them. Uh, There was a culture up there that come here, because they they find the same statues and the same, uh, I guess, uh, iconic emblems uh, in stone up there. So what do you think, what is the space, the space? the space uh, force going to do
0: well it's going to do the same thing it's always done we're, th- we're millions of years old and we're not just in this one habitat so we have humans you know like the, the humanoids sentient beings all over the universe and other universes now this is in my educational process but in in this reality before i was born i was told i was known So, and then I found out on my own when you you say the bell drops in this reality, when you think you're only human and you get programmed, you know, like politics, education, you know, I mean, your, your matrix that's created for you, you know, the reality for the sheeple, right? People are sheeple,
4: right? That
0: reality is separate than the reality that is real. It's sort of, I, so the Mars story for me is I came into this reality, but I found out inside the matrix this feeling inside me that made, and I did not, I was raised Christian, so I didn't believe in reincarnation, but I had this deep story in my soul. I don't know how to explain it, that we came from Mars. So when I was growing up, there was Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clark and Hyman all these people that were writers. And uh, I saw movies and television shows, but in my mind, I always knew that part of me and my DNA was from Mars. So to me, we came from Mars, but I believe it's in a lot of people's psyche or it's in our DNA, maybe coding, like you'll see dogs turn a circle before they lay down or slow to the water. My dog's real slow moving to a water, a bowl of water. These are things I think inherently are some things like we have hair go up on the back of our neck. Whatever I'm trying to tell you, Dave, is that these are in, ingested or invested or in our DNA or coded. And so everybody has a Mars story. They'll get around if they are regressed or have a history. But I was actually up. And Janet likes to tell the Mars story. But all I did was when I was on the spacecraft, we moved over close to Mars, right, for a while. But that's when people were. C uh, City was coming along, and we we uh, I, I went and linked to Ames when I called them about uh, microwaves and how they were looking at. You know done things like regulations stuff, but Mars to me had a, on the underground. I think at one time, and this would be somewhere in our ancient world history or billions of years, it was uh like in the habitable zone. But so my story differs because I do believe a planet was hit where we had the, the belt, I guess. Uh, I believe something hit that, but in my reality, right, is that. I did at one time have part of me or my ancient, you know, when you go back to your mother and then you're there, her mother and mother and mother and brother, 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 all the way back is the fact that some of those people that are like me that are in this DNA, your gene- genealogy, were on Mars. Because I remember leaving and we got off in of one of the ships uh, before it got uh, the nuclear weapons from the other people. Now, I don't know why I know that. But now I have studied it in this culture differently under world religions, the ancient world religions, and right. story is the same just like the Deluge and the On. So that story's in me. But uh, yeah, I believe it's just like they see ancient artifacts on the moon, Mars, wherever because it just proves that we've gone forever and ever, and it has something to do with those that we rotate and repeat, coming back down here in this. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it down here, this reality, is the fact that we know we're rotating and we're duplicating. And the people that I've worked with, with their souls, now they wouldn't share to me, but they apparently do understand the soul. Now, down here, we're at zero-point energy in the theory of everything. We don't have the God source. Right. Hey,
2: um... Can I add something on that? And then I've, I've got to go get ready for my other show. And I don't know if you're coming over. It's a show after this show. Um, but anyway, um, my husband and I are Anunnaki researchers, so we've been on Mars for a long time. But I also research with all the secret space program people, and the the theory, One of the theories is that. Trump is saying this stuff because they're about to disclose and then they'll just say, oh, yeah, we've been there all along. Because it's starting to come out with all these whistleblowers. So maybe it's getting to the point where they're going to actually, you know, create another cover story. They have to change their cover story. So think well, they can say, yeah, we're creating this secret space program. Right. Yeah, and then, then when it comes it's out, they'll it. go, oh, yeah, yeah. We were in the know. We knew Corey Good. We knew <laughs> David Bush. You know, we have this whole... Subculture they'll say oh yeah we knew it was there All along you know the secret space program people So that's part of why we think it's Happening um, Before uh, Trump got elected there was this whole thing About Podestin and Hillary and Hillary Was going to be the disclosure president Because the disclosure president's going to go Down in history as You know disclosure happened during Their reign so That might be what's going on Apparently they all get briefed I've uh, had lo- whistleblowers and you know, the presidents get briefed. And so Trump's been briefed. Um, you know, um, TJ's husband was there at the briefing or when uh, Reagan got briefed. So, you know, we know the presidents get briefed about the extraterrestrial presence and how they're interacting with humanity. So, you know, maybe we're going to get disclosure. I don't know what level. They definitely want to control the narrative. They are very careful about what they release when, and ultimately it's about money. Uh, They can control the information. They can control the technology, control uh, medical, you know, healthcare procedures. They just control the money, and they can set the prices, and basically, you know, they can determine who lives and who dies. So hopefully we're going to move into a different reality where it's more fair, equitable, and across the board, but... Right now, it is what it is. So I'm going to, I'm going to bid you guys a fond adieu. Okay. And I don't know, TJ, if you're coming over, if you guys want to come over to Aquarian Radio and Blog Talk, uh, I have a, a link on AquarianRadio.com. Just come over to the link and come and join us. And I'm going okay. to go, really, thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, nice having Pardon? you there. Nice having you yeah, here. T- very nice ha- uh, being on with you again. What did you say, TJ?
0: Um, you have your phone number that is uh, re- on your front page to people to call in so they can participate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you doing an interview?
2: No, no. People can call in. Yeah, it's on my it's on my page. It's on dot
0: okay. um, Blog
2: blogtalkradio.com forward slash forward slash Aquarian Radio. The call okay. number is right there. I don't have it in okay. my head
0: right now. Okay. Yeah, See you there. Oh, you. Okay. All right. okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah, and what I'd like to add when Janet brings up Trump, because I don't get into all the political stuff, is the fact that, and she does, and I, I just don't believe in the donkey elephant story and the three, because I've been to too many influential people that control all the, that. <laughs> and let yeah, the people right. uh, you know. So to me, I already know it's all bullshit, but you know, in, the, in their reality, in the, inside the matrix, they like to keep it real. But you know, the people that know about the elect, elected the electoral vote versus those of us that think we're voting. And I vote. Don't get me wrong. I, vote. So I still want to believe in a democracy and that we set it up all right for the people, because that's what I want to believe. And but what I would like to say is that people talk like they know exactly what's going on at their level of existence. But how many are really interacting? Is anything other than what they see in the Internet or on television or read themselves. So in their inner verse inside themselves, that's what really matters is their inner verse and what they'll take with them when they leave. This is what I've gathered. If I had to die in just a moment and never talk again, I would want you to know that the only thing you're going to take with you is what you cherish as your memories on the inside that make you who you are. I I believe that because once yeah. you leave here, you don't, you have, you know, what's good about being here is using your facility, your container, so you can know what a thought and what a feeling and emotion and understand what a give and take, you know, a, a exchange rate for a product or a service. So it gives you a level of, of thought and education of why would anybody want to come back here, right? I'd, you know, in the movement that I'm in ascension age it used to be the new age but 1221 12 we changed it to ascension age but that was awake and aware of the consciousness and now the exposure to disclosure but it's all about the reality that we create together as we move into this reality and all the people to me they're sharing it like a game a video game the game of life is what they call it but it is a game and the game of life has several levels just like donkey kong or Mario Brothers, right, or whatever they call them today in Game of Thrones, or what, you know what I'm saying, In inside stuff, right, like yeah. life, there are levels just like there are, at what level are you, what do you understand, and it is built on a hierarchy or a democracy maybe in space, because from what I can see, it's based on how many times you have a soul return, because you're had you come on here to share some of your story and we still haven't got it all if we talked forever you'd have to remember every thought that's crossed your mind right but what I can share is when I did leave my body is and you share differently even when you're with extraterrestrials and I thought I was dead but actually I was just taken out of body but uh, the thing is sometimes you're in your body and sometimes you're out and sometimes if Working in the biblical sense is I I knew not whether I was in or out of my body because I've recently been taken in Gulf Breeze, and uh, I couldn't tell if I took my body or not. But I did get to see the ocean where my phone was dropped, literally just dropped, and uh, it quit. So I know that when they took me, they left my phone and my shoes. So uh, I was taken on board a ship again, but I'm accustomed to it. So, uh, and and it's okay, because I have an agreement that if they need me or when I have to work, but usually I'm okay down here. But I've been taken in various ways also, like lucid dreams, right? So I do know the difference. But this time I didn't know whether they took my body or if I just sit there and was put to, part of me was put to sleep, but I felt myself lift up and go on the spacecraft. Now, on the feeling part, I've been flying outside the spacecraft before, too. So what I'd like to be able to do is, uh, with you as an alienologist and a ACO journalist for us is to help us establish this reality that there are people are willing to serve as alienologists to find just how many alien species are visiting this planet based on the stories. If we can't see them, touch them, feel them, taste them. Some of us can, some of us can't. Some of them are interdimensionals, but not all of them. Some of them can come in body, some can come and go. Apparently, from some people's stories, there's walk-ins or people that could come in and take over a body, just like we have with us. shadow people. Some people can take over shadows. So, and I started that years ago, and this, the black-eyed people and children, because I was a speaker, that's what they wanted me to speak on, so I had to I had already written about shadow people because while I was an investigator, that's what I called them. But I'd seen them in the 70s when just before I'd go to sleep, I'd start seeing people moving or building bricks in another dimension. So I taught myself in my early 20s how to see this other dimension. So, Dave, I'm hoping that you're like me, that you're so open-minded to learning that you realize it sounds crazy because it's not inside the paradigm or the matrix that we make in a 3D reality. However, if you can be open-minded to multidimensionals and other universes, then you can help write the new story, which is what I was hoping people like Richard and Stan and uh, George Filer and Glenn Dennis would do, the people that I was asked. They were the first level of uh, existence of level one society, but we didn't move fast enough, and it was mainly my fault, I feel like. I was invited to speak. I just didn't – they kept putting off – the 50, I was involved in the 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. So uh, we started ca- counting back years and years ago. But uh, I missed from 47 to 97. So that's 50 years. And then what is it now? 2017. Another thing you're going to find, Dave, is that many people that can live and do different realities in one container, meaning the biological unit. Is the fact that we can come and go just like you do dreams and, and lucid dreams and you bi-locate. And it, they're starting to explain that now because of where we are in the universe. Have you heard that about where we are with spinning? The Earth is spinning around the sun, it's spinning around the supercluster that's spinning around inside the universe, it's spinning. So everybody is moving more than 18,000 miles an hour, and that the thoughts are faster than the speed of light so it's yeah. much more complicated than we have been taught so th- those, those yeah, I heard
4: that I've
3: heard stuff. about that but also heard there's a theory going on now that they said that the earth doesn't spin i don't believe that theory they said that NASA couldn't couldn't produce the the video or the film of the earth spinning
0: well that's apparently it goes back to the I won't say they're aliens, but I could say that there's a lot of people that want to keep the status quo of the Matrix. And I have to admit I use the name Matrix a lot because I like Keanu Reeves and I like the producers, and we do relate storytelling to movies. But inside the Matrix – and Philip K. Dick was great at this. Philip K. Dick was sort of – I relate more to him than anybody because he was trying to tell levels of stories based on his experiences. But he was very good at writing the stories. Where I'm not, I, I'm I'm going to try to get better, and a man's going to try to help me. A man's a good storyteller. Once upon a time, right? A man, you're going to try to help us with the storytelling. A man.
1: He still there? Here? I, I'm here. I'm sorry. It takes me a minute to find that mute button.
0: Well, you're going to help us right, tell these stories because Dave is going to well, help I
1: hope
0: you. so. <laughs> contact, group right? But these stories need to be written, but they they need to be written in a manner of uh, well, like Philip K. Dick. People want to read the books, right? And, and you're studying that for the last year. I've had a publishing company since I worked catching paper, and my parents worked for a paper mill. So, Ahmad, have you had any? Dealing with the book industry or the publishing industry?
1: Well, uh, I've got several self-published books out there now. The actual uh, agents and publishers—now that's a different story. No, I haven't dealt with them yet.
0: Those are all going away, unless they're because unless you're famous with a name, and usually they have ghostwriters. Those don't really sit, sit down that much and do their own biography no,
1: pay people to to actually write it and they just pay the people and then put their name on it.
0: Yeah, and the company will do that if they think and make a deal to sell so many and buy so many, but they still won't even, they're still electronic. Everything pretty much has gone to electronic. You know, but the distributors pay books a million. I I'm in mean Barnes and Noble books a million and all those other places too, but you still have to go to the computer. That, to. That's,
1: the, that's the thing about Amazon. Once you publish there, is that nobody will take them books back and resell them. You can't go up there and buy you 50 copies and then carry them to uh, Barnes & Nobles. Barnes & Nobles won't sell it.
0: Yeah, you have to order it because they know it's electronic. It's all done on – they're all doing the same thing. See, that's how Amazon got all the big publishers. And then I used to go around as a truck driver for eight years in and out of all the publishers until – we even stopped picking up magazines. You Yeah. Know, the uh, TV Guide and stuff—I'm sure they still got plenty of them. But yeah, I got to live through all that. So things are changing, but people live at different existences and uh, have different different levels. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Well, Dave, uh, would you yes. like to come back and help us again next week, Thursday? Yes, uh,
3: I hope we have a better connection because you've been you've been snapping off and on. Uh, the, uh, the the static is on the line. And it's oh, been off no. and on. I don't know if Matt I
0: noticed this too. I won't use this anymore. Matt, that's that direct line. Every time I've tried it, it has it does it doesn't uh, is is it based it's based on the media com, isn't it? Uh the direct signal into the computer. Is that yeah, it, Matt? What it's doing
1: is just type and type in a, uh into an uh news telephone line is all it's doing.
0: I don't I don't understand why it picks up and and goes away though. And
1: then you're but, subject to whatever happens to the telephone lines. We're both in the south right now and it's right out a hundred degrees so.
0: <laughs> okay, well I apologize everybody. Well Dave, you're off and running. I've got you as a journalist and an ACO journalist and the Alien Contact Tour, and you met Tom and you know Janet or at least you've been on her show. So now the next step is to get you to keep doing what you did tonight. Maybe you can go back and listen and then we'll carry cover some more of your story and then let you ask more questions. And then hopefully you'll write a book about all your investigations or your people, or at least get a story going. I would like to see that we handle all the levels of existence and not just put them in a goldfish bowl and say, okay, you're in MUFON and you're not, and you're an investigator for MUFON and you're a, working with Kathy Martin and the experiencer group, you know, and I talked to her years before they had that, about all that, 2008 with Captain McDonald and all that, way before we had Jan Harzan in charge. And between them we had James Carrion and then Captain McDonald and and then Jan Harzan. But that's just one nonprofit association. But we're building the UFO Association to be an in the world, and hopefully with the Allied Command Org, we'll be the ones willing to work all the various stories. I I made a fandom, so we're going to also be like those that create the fiction, because Stan Lee got that with the super soldiers and Marvel and Kids Need Heroes, but we're really using that for entertainment, but we're also interested in psychic awareness and superpowers, and leading this group into the future with better skills than they have now meaning that you can you can do all this stuff and we don't you know this don't you that we we're teaching people so we won't have to talk again we're going back to the mind and using it with direct lines just like you do with the computers and so we're going where they're going to be inserting the chips and things we're Imagine, imagine that a man is going to have to do a book where we're already the computers, and this is another thought, Dave, I want you to consider, is that there's already plenty of people out there at various levels of existence that are already – I'm I'm a cyborg, according to you know people. I'm a pastor in the biological part of our division, our company. So uh, we'll talk about that. I mean, I am a – literally, I've got titanium in my neck. And sometimes it hurts, you know. But uh, if you'll come back and help us, uh, being that you have a degree in journalism, you've learned some skills. And you know that you handle the phenomenology of it all and the paranormal. And help me separate alienology from ufology. But uh, we've got to make some decisions here in epistemology and taxonomy, just like uh, writing nonfiction versus fiction. They, have you noticed they don't say a lot of whether it's fiction or. Nonfiction intentionally in everything we're teaching News, education, documentaries Fiction versus nonfiction When I was a kid in a library You could go to the fiction versus nonfiction You know, so Right, kids I remember that days, Kids don't know the difference These days a smartphone. <laughs> Yeah,
3: yeah you're, you're breaking up pretty well So I guess uh, I will start looking At the alienologists I'll take a look at some of the the uh, your your sites and uh, and try to put together some thoughts.
0: That would be nice. And uh, now, uh, is Matt and Ken able to get in touch with you?
3: Matt and Kim.
0: Ken, uh the uh, uh, AMAD.
1: I don't know. Is uh, send me his email address. That's about all you can do.
0: All right. Now, he's on Skype, right? You're on Skype. Remember, this is Dave.
3: Right. Okay.
0: Dave Evans.
1: He might be on Skype, but I don't have him. Oh, yeah, I do. I think I do have him.
4: No,
3: I'm not yeah, on Skype right now. I'm, I'm, on a, I'm on a landline phone.
0: All right. You want to keep this time open? You want this time slot five to seven for Alien Contact to help build it as a show?
3: Uh, yeah, there'll be certain nights uh, that I guess my time kind of fluctuates around. Uh, I'm I'm about ready to make another sound check uh, with another, uh, I guess, radio station. I'll be doing other uh, radio interviews uh, along with this, and I, I've been doing uh, – I did one with Grant Cameron. He hasn't released it on YouTube yet, and uh, uh, I've done several others, but – I'm working, and and this is all a learning process for me, uh, to take a look at everything and, and learn what I can, and uh, and go with it. Try to learn what happened to me, uh, and then uh, try to put those experiences to other people's experiences, and maybe I can be of help, and maybe I can explain the difference between uh, ufology and alienology.
0: We'd appreciate it. I believe there's many levels we in there too and Graham uh, not Graham Hancock the other one Grant Cameron has been on this right. show he, December 2018 and he wanted me to ask if he could come to Florida if I would help him with portals so I know he's interested in what I know about opening portals and wormhole travel so put that in your little category and uh, that's all uh, skills of people and you know, some people that have had out of body and near death can do it Some of them that have been Buddhist or, you know, left their body in the past life and all shriveled up. (laughs) All right. Well, there's all kinds of ways as an alienologist to start, you know, just like an archaeologist or somebody that does rocks. You get it? But we're going to do the various types of people that are aliens. And, you know, the tall white and the short grays and there's medium-sized grays, some look like Japanese, some look like Chinese, some look like you know, up in the Maya, and some of them look like the little people that are up in the mountains. And, and what I find funny, is most of us that are humanoids on the planet are all resembling the various types of aliens. And uh, I don't know why other people can't see that, but that's what I see.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh,
0: met, yeah, uh, Go ahead.
3: Can you you hear know, me? I was just going to say that uh, there's so many things that that. We don't know. There's so many things that are out there. I think. I think there's nothing that's not impossible anymore. I really don't. Uh, I. I think you know we could have double souls. I do know that there's a a god, and I do know that there's the, the aliens call it at the source of all energy, but there is a god and the ancient aliens who. Who were called gods They're not gods They're just aliens Or may not be aliens Like we talked about before They could have been here Thousands of, thousands of years before us So we don't really know that either And Columbus didn't discover America either
0: So there <laughs> Well we'll leave it at that And have you come back then uh, Next Thursday five to seven, and we can still book one. Janet gets two hours, and I get two hours, so we've separated them on Thursday. We found out Thursday, Friday, Saturday works better, although Tuesday's a pretty good night. Some people like Monday, so I guess any time you're willing to put in the time, you know, but if you own your station or own your time, and you're willing to pay for it. A Mad Painter, I hope that you will continue to do this and help us archive these stories, and you're welcome to grab it, too, but I'm going to be promoting both of you guys on the
1: as much as I'm able to, I will.
0: Okay. Well, you're going to be a big part of this, the keeping us together. We have to have anchors, folks, and people that will make sure we show up and do our part. And we sort of call them admin- administration or producers or directors or managers. And uh, we cut a lot of that out in this world between top management and lower boots on the ground. But we're going to have to put some middle management back in here because the world's just not working as good as it used to. So. Everybody help each other and uh, create and do your – creating whatever that is. Keep being positive, and we'll try to show up and help you with levels of existence because there's many of them. It's not just one or the other. Well, thank you, Dave. I look forward to continuing your story as an alienologist, and hopefully you can put a weekly uh, something between 500 and 1,200 words under your name with your picture as a journalist on aliencon.org and so check okay. it out now that it's back up because we went over to get a bigger server and I'm paying much more money so we can have your stories and other people's too so we'll, we're going to ar- still be archivists folks so that's what a man does he connects people and he has to get everything running properly okay. all right okay, there, and
3: uh, It'd be great, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll be talking to you soon. And I was just going to Thank say, you. Grant Cameron, uh, you've heard of A-Ports, I guess. You've been involved in things that just appear in front of you, and you don't know where they come from. Uh, I've had a lot of uh, aports ports uh, that, that have come to me, and Grant Cameron was really interested in, in the A-Ports of, of part of the story. And I sent him some pictures of some of the articles that was uh, transported through some dimension or by somebody, and landed up in front of me. So that happened, too. Those are the little things that surround all these abductions and UFO sightings.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you. You've written articles on this.
4: You're
3: an I uh, know, but Grant, Grant Cameron, uh, is, he's, he's, writing, he's writing some stories in his new book with Aports, and he's going to use about five or six of my pictures and my short stories.
0: Oh, so you're a content provider. Good for you. Well, right, John? Yeah, well, you right.
3: know, you got to start somewhere, you know. Uh, uh, if, if you're an experiencer, you, you really have to start somewhere and work with people uh, because you want them to believe you as much as you believe them.
0: <laughs> you're right. Well, we appreciate you being a part of our group. We are a spiritual science community uh, called the Ascension Center Organization, but my company is American Communication online and I pay the bills but we're going to do uh, we're trying to put together a nonprofit, Dave just so you know and uh, we'll be calling it the Allied Command Organization it's all under ACO so don't forget my acronym I use it to brand all hey. the stuff future into the now and uh, Mad's going to help make us some brands and we'll keep going forward and uh, we'll be here tomorrow night Dave with uh who's coming tomorrow night uh tomorrow night with somebody. Uh, Who was it from
1: Canada? Oh, uh, Brian Rue might show up.
0: Brian Rue? Is it R-U-H-R? Rue?
1: Uh, Yeah, I believe that's how he spells it. I'm not sure. He said
0: he was looking forward to it, folks. So he's from Canada. And uh, I guess...
1: R-U-H-E.
0: R-U-H-E. Okay, thank you. So we're looking forward to Brian R-U-H-E. From Canada tomorrow night and then we'll have Dave Emmons back next Thursday, five to seven as it, we he built. for
1: a while had to, He had the largest UFO contactee meetup group in Canada for years.
0: Great. Oh that the, sounds interesting. Yeah. Well you can show up tomorrow if you're but now it's later on a Friday. Uh it's eight to ten, right, Ahmed? Yeah. Eight to ten. Eastern. East. Eastern Eastern. All right, 8 to 10 Eastern, folks. We'll be here tomorrow night. You're welcome to come, Dave, and listen okay. in on the alien contact. I'll put you on if you want to ask questions. Okay. All right. All right. Thank, well, thank you, you and uh, have a
3: good, e- good evening now.
0: Okay, we look forward to you building yourself as an alienologist, and we'll help you archive it right here. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank look you. Look forward. Okay, thank you, Ahmad. I guess we'll go and look forward oh. to... Uh, Having this archived out there on YouTube.
1: We'll talk with you tomorrow night.
0: Okay, bye now.
3: Bye. Bye Bye-bye.